real me. Everybody wants to know what I'm Hi. like. Hi, what is this? It's the real me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah? Yeah, that is. So looking. is that a country western intro? Or? Mm -hmm. That's uh -huh. the real me. I like that. Mm -hmm. So, question. Do I look like an alien from outer space in these glasses? You look like you're smart. What if this is a whole space suit? Just the, gla the glasses and yeah, the whole what suit? what if? Tell me more. <laughs> Steve Jobs still would not be satisfied. <laughs> That's quite Excuse a... Excuse me. Excuse me. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You know, what an interesting person. Mm -hmm. Steve really changed the world, didn't he? He did. And he did it by uh, telling them, I need it by the end of the year. Mm -hmm. uh, why did he need it by the end of the year? Well, partly because he was kicked out of Apple, the company he started, by some management people that he hired. And they kind of run it into the ground, and then they pulled him back when it was failing, and it was failing, and he needed something, needed product. And in order to succeed in the market, you need tomorrow's product today, not yesterday's product today. And so he, he could see these Walkman kind of devices coming out, and he knew that he could break into that market if he could come up with something better. And so he did something that every inventioneer should really take note of. Excuse me just a minute. Yeah. And that is, you've got to figure out where you need to be to win. Now I have a story that I have shared with our students about the engineering contest when I was in college. and. At my university, we had four engineering departments, chemical, mechanical, electrical, and civil engineering. And I was majoring in three of those, everything but civil. I saved that for you. <laughs> All right. A civil person. Civil. And once each year, they would have an engineering week. And during engineering week, each department would have a contest. And I figured since I was majoring in electrical, chemical, and mechanical engineering, I wanted to win the contest for all three departments. Of course you did. One each year, you know, because <laughs> you're supposed to be at university. Only you. Three year, or four years, it took me five, but I had five majors. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so anyway, when I got to the um, electrical engineering contest, it, you don't know what it's going to be until they announce it. And, Everybody that entered got a box. A box. A box. I said, okay, you want to enter? Here's your box. And inside the box were the same ingredients. And you open up, and it was a cardboard box. Open it up, and inside there was a battery, and there were electronic components, wires, and you, you had to build a device using only the things in the box, if you could. And then they said, and the contest was going to be to see who could send a modulated signal over a light beam the farthest. That's modulated. The, the students may want to know. 
<laughs> we need a name for this look. We have R15. Do you think I'm a vocabularyist? <laughs> I don't know what a it is. Vocabularyist? <laughs> I don't know what it is. Yes, you do. If you have a flashlight uh -huh. and you turn it on, you can see where you're going. Isn't that enough? <laughs> and it is for, for most of us. But for scientists, no. Yeah. We want more. So the next thing we knew, they were sending messages to each other. Light on, light off, light off. You know, light on means I'm here and I'm still awake. But then somebody invented a code. What if we did a short burst of light, a long one, and a short one? And we'll call that did-a-dit. Uh -huh. What is did-a-dit? It's Morse's code. Yeah, it's <laughs> a code invented by a guy named Morse, right? Mm -hmm. And so three dits, dit, dit, dit. So you got your light, and that's why you know they have that little blink button. Some of the older ones, so you go dit, dit, dit. That means S. I didn't know that. And then you do the long one, long, long, long. That's an O. Dit, dit, dit. SOS. So you could send a code. Now you're still sending out the same light, but the light was carrying information. And the information it was carrying was, SOS, I need help. Did, 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 da, 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 did, did, did. So that light beam was modulated to carry information. Now, you can also modulate a light beam to carry music. You can actually send music over a light beam by having it go on and off, on and off. And when it's on, the speaker comes out. When it goes off, the speaker bounces back. And if it does it at the right speed, it makes sound. Or you can send video, same way. A radio station sends out a radio wave. A radio wave coming out from a radio station is a wave, there it is. And if you have the right instrument, you can detect the wave, but there's nothing to hear. Put on a TV, there's nothing to see. Because no information is being sent on the wave. What if you want to send music over a wave? The wave's going out. Mm -hmm. You've got a nice radio oscillator transmitter. How could you send music over it? And the answer is you've got to do something to that wave so that the radio on the other end can figure out that you're playing, what song you're playing. Mm -hmm. right? And how do you do it? Well, in radio, they figured out two different ways. One is the radio waves, remember, they go up and down, up and down, up and down. Well. They said, if you want to make a note, make it go up higher. Hmm. Just when you want the notes. And normal, have it down here. When you want another sound, make it go higher. How high the peaks are on a radio wave is called the amplitude. And so they call it amplitude modulation. You send information by changing the amplitude, AM. <laughs> okay. Other guy says, you know what? We want better quality music. With amplitude, that's pretty hard to do. So they change the frequency, how often the waves start. They call that frequency modulation. So modulation is when you put information, in this case, music on the wave. In the university, we were supposed to put out whatever information we could. Okay. And if you could modulate this light beam, mm -hmm. what it meant is you had to be able to turn it on and off. And then we had a light photosensor that would go on the other side. And you would try to then receive the signal mm -hmm. and know what's happening.
What do you think? I think it's neat. Tell us more. Are you still with me? Yes. Okay. Well, I know what you do with your well, box. Well, at my university, uh, we didn't get the boxes very long before, just a couple of days, so I'm putting these parts together, <laughs> trying to get it to work, and, and it worked. It worked right there on my table. I transmitted from here to there. So I ran over the competition, and the competition was see who could make it go the farthest. Okay. All right? I didn't know how far it would go, but when I got to the competition, there were a bunch of guys that were with their boxes, but mine was the only one that worked. <laughs> they should have given us more time. They should have given us more time, but mine worked, so I uh -huh. won first place. <laughs> And if the story had ended there, it had been a good story, wouldn't it? Right. Yeah. yeah, but it didn't. Because they said, now you're going to represent our university at the state finals. <laughs> no, I just, yes, you are. Yes, you are. So, state finals. And when we got there, I had tweaked it up a little bit. One of the things I did so that I could receive the signal a little far away is I figured out that magnifying glass in there was to collect more light and focus it on my sensor, okay. then it would work further away, and I put, but we could only use the pieces in the box. So I put it all together, and when I got the state competition, to my horror, <laughs> the other universities had theirs working too. <laughs> <laughs> and so there they were, and I just looked at them, and some of these guys, had really, whew, they had really fancy stuff. Like there's one guy that had this bicycle wheel on a handle, when he'd roll it, it would measure the distance. So he set up his transmitter and then he went walking with this wheel to measure how far out to put his receiver. Mm -hmm. I thought, I don't have one of those wheels. And if I did, I wouldn't know how far to go anyway. <laughs> I never, and, and they were going way out there. Wow. I'd never tested mine that far. At my university, the contest was inside the gym. They were doing it outside. And outside, the sun was interfering, and there was stuff like that. And if the sun was very bright and at the right angle and that, it would interfere. And I noticed they're out there looking where the sun was so that the sun wouldn't interfere as much. And I'm saying, oh, this is getting way too complicated for me. So. At that moment, a giant Thomas Edison-style light bulb went on in my head. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and that's when I learned the principle that Mr. Jobs did in inventing this little music player. He brought his guys in, mm -hmm. and he said, I need it by the end of the year. We need to be shipping these by Christmas. And it needs to be smaller than a deck of cards. And it's got to be able to play a thousand songs. And it's got to play for 10 hours. All of those things were basically impossible. They would have to come up with very, very creative ideas to be able to do them. But Steve Jobs didn't have any answers. All he knew was what it would take to succeed in the marketplace. This is what you gotta give me, and then I'll sell millions of them. Hmm. He didn't say, well, you know, 
transistors are this big, so you know, make it as small as you can. He said, this is how big it's mm -hmm. got to be. And he knew that if he had the product he described, he could really do something amazing with the market. Nice. Pretty clever. Yeah. So here I am at the state engineering contest for electrical engineers, ready to set up my transmitter and my receiver to see if I could transmit farther than anybody else. <coughs> and they had made a science. One guy had a measuring tape to see how far he was setting up his transmitter. I didn't know how far mine would go. I mean, I wasn't expecting anyone else to get it working. <laughs> so I watched them, and I thought, maybe I should just put mine back in the car. These guys are really sophisticated. But then I saw, the guy with the will impressed me the most. He was from the State University. You know, they're the, ooh. <laughs> and he had the will, and he had rolled it out there, and I thought, man, that's really neat. Mm. I said, I'd really like to beat him. <laughs> and then I thought, you know what? I don't, I don't think mine will go that far. But if it doesn't go that far, I might as well try, so I lose trying. Mm -hmm. So I waited till he guys out there, and he set up, and he started aligning it. And then I walked out there and put my five feet beyond his. <laughs> he looked at me like, oh, if you can do that, we're in trouble. I smiled like, yep, you're in trouble. <laughs> and so then we started lining them up, and the sun, it was a sunny day, and the sun really messed it up, and I started trying to see if I could transmit a signal. And... Um, it wasn't working. Oh. Now I'm just realizing there's one part of the story I've never told. <laughs> and I'm, I'm realizing there's a good reason I never told this. <laughs> I guess we could ask the students, should he tell? With you right here giving me all that social emotional inspiration. <laughs> You're going to tell us, Being right? a person of high integrity. <laughs> it's, it's not like lying. It's like I just forgot to mention it. I don't think you've told us. Like well, says, Look I, I have told you how the story ends up. Yes, I, know. I won. I do know that part. I won. I have a trophy. I didn't know that part. Yeah. I didn't know that part. That's not the part I didn't tell. <laughs> I won. But how I won uh -huh. is the part I haven't gone into very much. Well, let's do it. Okay. All right, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I, can, I can encourage you. Ooh, I know right. I want well, to know. I know let, they want to know. Let's get back on here. So I set mine up five feet out beyond his, and I was trying to line it up, and I couldn't get a signal. The light was not enough brighter than the sun that I could pick it up in my receiver. And I thought, well, at least I tried to go for the gold. And the other guy was having a hard time getting his in, too, because the sun was kind of messy. And then something really interesting happened. <laughs> My friend, a cloud, cloud went from the sun. <laughs> and you know, when clouds go in front of the sun, it gets a little bit dimmer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was a great cloud. <laughs> <laughs> and all of a sudden, my thing worked. His work, my work, they all worked. And judges, judges, they come over and look. Oh, yeah, he's working. 
They looked at his. Yeah, yours working too. Let's see. Oh, his is further back. He wins. Oh. The guy said, wait a minute, I can move mine back further. He said, no, sorry, we're out of time. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> Was it because of the cloud? Well, that's the day that cloud computing started for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just saying. I love but it. <laughs> what I learned from that experience is, you know, if... If you do not win the race, but you come in second, mm. or if you come in third, or you come in fourth, or fifth, or sixth, or seventh, or tenth, or a hundredth, you still lost. Mm -hmm. Even if you come in second, to win, you got to come in first. And so that's why one of my little slogans when I'm working with the team is, go for the gold. That's true. Go that. for the best. Yeah. and. So many things we've done are go for the gold. Um, one of the schools that uh, has used to sell us with just a few of their students for a few years uh, contacted us today and said, next year, we're getting to sell us for the whole school district, for every student in our district. Oh. And that was wonderful news. I just found this out this evening. And they said, well, why? And he said, well, for the last two years, we've looked at everything, every solution there is, and nothing works like a cells. Wow. I couldn't argue with him. <laughs> but you know, that's exactly the attitude that we have, that I have, that we need to make it absolutely the best. And we don't decide what we're going to do by whether or not it's possible. We decide what we're going to do by what we need. Mm -hmm. That's true. And if it means that we have to drop the player in an aquarium <laughs> to see if air comes out, that air was in there somewhere, <laughs> squeeze it in. And you know, a lot of people here can relate to stories oh, like yeah. that. I can. I remember on the, the Billings oh. computer, remember, the computer that Tobias showed us, which came about 20 years after the Billings computer, but the Billings computer was the first computer to have everything all in one. And Apple got around to making one of those Later. in the 1990s. But at any rate, when we got ours all built, we would ship them to our customers, and there was like a big waiting list for them. Everybody wanted them. We sold way more than we ever dreamed we would. And in shipping, they get broken. And we'd package them with this foam stuff and everything, but they get broken. So I went over to the factory and we had a bunch of them lined up ready to box. And I picked up one, and my plant manager was there with me. He's in the building. He's in the building. It's like I was the big, scary Steve Jobs guy. <laughs> and I was the youngest guy in the company. I just you had a school. But I picked up yeah. one, and I turned away, and I dropped it. <clears throat> and it broke the cabinet open. I said, I don't think it'll work. <laughs> and he looked at me like, you have gone crazy. <laughs> Truth is, I hadn't gone crazy. I started out crazy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I said, I was just pretending I was the shipping guy. That's what they do. <clears throat> oh, that didn't work. Yeah. And I said, you ought to see what they do if you put 
fragile, handled with care. Then they hold it up here. <laughs> and I said, you need to fix it. And fix it, it's smashed. No, you need to fix the design so that when they do that, it'll still work. Well, how are we going to do that? And I said, well, I don't want your paycheck. <laughs> and I left. I know. How to... I, I wasn't social yet. Right. <laughs> it was in my pre-social days. Well, I went back three weeks later, because they said, we were ready for you to check it out. And now all of those production guys and the engineers are standing over there like, nervous is nervous. And I went over, and I thought, oh, I hate to do this again. I love Billings computers. And I picked another one up. I turned around like that. And I, and you said they all. <laughs> <laughs> You're a tease. And then I. <coughs> and it was still just one piece. Wow. So I picked it up. <coughs> Three times. Then I picked it up, put it on the counter, said, turn it on. It started. <laughs> they were and then I said, okay, how'd you do it? Well, they had one open. They had put these braces in. Mm -hmm. They had changed the packaging. They had gone through and seen where it was breaking. On the one I broke, they saw where it broke, so they started reinforcing it. They applied science to solving the problem. And lo and behold, we then had like 99 point something arrive at the customer successfully. And they're kind of a heavy computer back in the days. So, this idea of seeing where you need to be and then backing up to figure out how you're going to do it is a great secret for success as an entrepreneur. If you can make it play music, then you're just one of the guys. If you make it affordable, that sure helps. But if you're going to break into the very, very, very worldwide competitive market, it better be the right technology with better capabilities than anyone else on the right day. That's what it takes to succeed. And that's what makes this so fun. Some of you say, that makes it impossible. No, that's what makes it so fun. That's why winning is really something worthwhile. Yes, yeah, excuse me, I'm talking too much. Go ahead. So Ashley. Yes. Thanks. It actually does think. You yes, know, Ashley no from question. Las Vegas thinks that um, the model that you said, go for the gold, mm -hmm. should be the student's affirmations. Great idea. I think so, too. Great idea. I couldn't agree more. And you know, speaking about going for the gold, knowledge empowers you to achieve things you'd never be able to achieve otherwise. And I've, for a long time, wished there was a way I could show a student that's just going through school how valuable the information that you're getting is. And that's why in Acellus next year, our next school year, we have a whole new version of Acellus. And there's actually awards, gold awards, for outstanding student achievement. And I'm working very hard to find partners, industries, and others that will join with us so that when you earn gold, 
build credits by doing exceptionally well in your studies, you can then cash them in by getting these awards. Oh, neat. And I think it's a neat thing. But it, it's important for you to understand this knowledge you're getting is valuable. Mm-hmm. Some people try to circumvent, take shortcuts. Who are they cheating? Me? Yeah. Ha ha, we showed him. No. <laughs> Hurting themselves. Right. Do we have any other questions? We do. Actually, quite a few students. <laughs> I want to know why the sky is blue. Today it wasn't. It was. I know it was kind of rainyish. Kind of a little bit of. I just uh, tell them it wasn't blue. Brazilian got over there. Yeah. It's, it wasn't. But it was blue above, oh, wasn't it? Why is the sky blue? Yeah. That is a really tough question. Yeah. Wonder what the answer is. You know. I know what you're going to tell us. Yeah. Once I asked the uh, R51. Yeah. So my face has to change all of so, a sudden. You know R fifty one, the fifty first R, the Android They're guy that works lab. Yeah. Oh yeah, there's a lot more about him. <laughs> but I ask him, why is the sky blue? You asked him that. Yeah. And he says it's all about Mars. Okay. Mars? I said how does Mars make the sky blue. And he says, well, Mars, the Martian planet, is red. Right. (laughs) Yeah. So why does it make the sky blue? And he says, well, if it was red, we wouldn't see their flying saucers. (laughs) Really? This is how he explains it? (laughs) Well, it worked for me. (laughs) Actually, um, we've talked a lot about the science of exciting atoms and pushing them into an outer shell, remember? Mm-hmm. And then when they settle down to their normal orbits, they have to give off energy, and the energy comes off as a photon of light. Mm-hmm. And so that makes neon signs, it makes lasers, it makes all these different things. Well, that is part of the same technology that makes the sky blue. It is really fascinating. Uh, A radio wave and the beam from a flashlight. I can see the beam from a flashlight. I can't see a radio wave. But a radio wave can carry information. It can carry music or sound. But in reality, they're both identically the same thing. Electromagnetic radiation. And this radiation is different only because it's different frequencies. How fast you start the next wave, how close together the waves are, is what makes the difference between radio waves, microwaves, all the way up into very, very high frequency X-rays, gamma rays, and so forth. So you, well, gamma rays is a different story, but all the electromagnetic uh, radiation is just different frequencies of these same waves. And when you talk about light, light is an electromagnetic wave that is special for one reason and one reason only, because our eyes can see it. We can't see radio waves. It's a miracle, literally a miracle, we can see the light frequencies. 
And in the visible range of light, there are high frequencies and low frequencies, just the wavelength. How low frequency means a wave is stretched out. High frequency means lots of little waves very close together. Blue and violet, purple, are very, very, very short waves. You get over into green and yellow, the waves get longer. You get into red, they get real long. You get longer than red, we can't see them anymore. It becomes infrared and goes invisible. There's just that one little range that we can see. And in the eye, we really only see three colors, basically. But in computers, we only use three colors to display all the colors we want. And when you put out three colors, the eye mixes them together. It sees a little bit of red, a little bit of, well, I have this disc here. This is kind of an interesting way to put it. Can you see this little color wheel I have here? Maybe we can zoom on it a bit. These are the colors of light that come from the sun. Okay. Okay? And when we look outside, we don't see one of those colors. We see basically a white light. Mm -hmm. And if we were to take a look at this wheel, and I want to zoom in as close as we can. Now stay on that, if you will. I'm going to turn on the motor and make that spin and see if we can change the color. So you can see, mm -hmm. as it gets spinning, our eyes mix those colors together, and all of them together give us white light. Yeah. It's fascinating that if you have red and blue, and you put them together, it looks purple. And yet actual purple light, purple of that frequency, or frequency of purple mm -hmm. light, is a shorter wavelength than either blue or red. So very high frequency light, like uh, blue and purple, when it goes through the air, causes the air to absorb that light more than other colors because of the high frequency. So it absorbs it and radiates it back out the same color. So let's just think, the light's coming from the sun, it's all these colors. As it starts coming down through the atmosphere, the blue gets absorbed a lot more by the air, by the oxygen and the nitrogen, and gets re-emitted back out, except think about the light coming in this way it gets absorbed here, and then it gets radiated out in every direction. So in other words, if I look over there, I can't see the sun ray coming through, but I can see where it lights the ground. But when the blue light, especially, it happens with other colors, but at a much smaller level, when the blue light hits the atoms of oxygen and nitrogen, it absorbs a teeny bit of it and diffuses it out in every direction, and so we see that blue light come out from each of those molecules. So it's sunshine, but it's radiated that way. Have you ever looked at a sunset, mm -hmm. seen the sun way, way, way close to the horizon, and the sun goes orange? Mm -hmm. And we even get the sunsets. I don't want to confuse two things here, so let's stay with just the sun. The light from the sun coming straight through us is going through miles and miles and miles and miles of atmosphere. 
Usually it just comes right down through the thin layer. But when it's down on the surface, we're looking across that thin layer, mm -hmm. way out there. And as the blue light comes to us from the sun, it keeps getting radiated away. And all the people there are seeing a blue sky. But that blue isn't getting through to us. So we see the only thing that's able to get through the air without being diffused. That's really neat. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's an interesting property of chemistry, and, and we can look at it. I think I have a slide that shows the spectrum of light from the sun and the frequencies that oxygen and nitrogen absorb all in one slide. Let me, let me show you that. Here it is. Okay, so on the bottom is all of the colors of light from the sun. Notice that there are some black bands. Those are frequencies that do not come from the sun. Hmm. And it's probably because they've been absorbed by something. And scientists have studied those and are able to explain it. But then on the top is the nitrogen. See those little, it's almost all dark, there's a few narrow bands. Mm -hmm. Those are the frequencies that it absorbs and re-emits. And look at oxygen. See all those purple and blue lines down there? That's the part that because of the high frequency, the oxygen and the nitrogen re-radiate in all these different directions that give us our blue sky. It's kind of neat. Um, another thing that's kind of interesting, let's look at the color purple. I'm going to show you a, my iPhone. And you see I've got it with a little app that shows purple. And you see I also have it under my microscope. Let's go look and see what that really looks like under a microscope. Oh, there's my purple image. Let's try a green one. So there's the green. Mm -hmm. And what does it look like under the microscope? That's just neat. Isn't that fascinating? So these computers are mixing these colors, and our eyes are putting them back together. Our eyes actually are grabbing the data, and our brains are putting it back together. And we see color we want. Let's try one more. I think we have an orange. So there's orange, and it looks like, wow. Wow. So you mix those colors, and there it is. Of course, for you very, very advanced students, we could do something more complex. How about a Paget photograph? <laughs> okay, see that see that red outfit? Let's uh -huh. see what it looks like under the microscope. Look hmm. what I look at that. Hmm. hmm. Not different. That doesn't even look like red. I think we slid off the red outfit. Well, let's see who can figure out what this next one is. Here's there it is. Looks like an eye. That is the Peugeot eye. That's my eye. <laughs> Can you see it? See, it looks kind of like it's from mm -hmm. a different world, doesn't it? <laughs> well, now you said it. <laughs> I didn't say it. You thought it, though. <laughs> yeah, you did. And she can mind read. I can. <laughs> well, it is exciting to be able to see how scientists are able to make these beautiful colors and make these images. And you have to understand how that works if you're going to make something even better. Mm -hmm. And that's why when we're starting out our careers, our society always starts up by letting every student get an education and get a lot of knowledge so they have a fair chance to do amazing things during their lifetimes. And that, of course, is what Acellus is all about.
Because science is beautiful, isn't it? It is exciting. <laughs> so the sky is blue, mm -hmm. and I, I once was asked when I was young why I thought the sky was blue, and I said, well, it just looks blue to me because my eyes are blue. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Let me something do that, huh? So anyway, but it's exciting to learn how these things work and then to realize what we can do with them. There are miraculous things that happen in our atmosphere to make it possible for us to be able to enjoy our lives here on the surface of the planet. There is harmful radiation coming from the sun that the upper atmosphere blocks for us. And isn't it wonderful that it just happens to be that way? We have, as people in this day and age, so many things for which to be grateful. And I just want to say one of the things I'm really grateful for is all of you. So study hard. We'll see you next time.